0: Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Talk About It podcast, a podcast where we explore Christianity through discussion and discernment of scripture. Today's episode is titled, What is Christianity? My guests include Alexander Newsom and Gabriel Brown. I hope you enjoyed the episode.
1: You Feel free to go first, brother. Oh, uh, um, I don't <laughs> Christianity. I don't, it's funny when people uh ask what is, I don't feel like you know one word can um describe what it is, but uh, uh a lot of different words I believe can be used. But faith is, is definitely uh one I can use to describe what Christianity is. It's the substance of things according to Hebrews 11 1 it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? So it's about believing in your faith so if you believe in the um the son jesus christ who died on the cross he says that your your sins are forgiven you're seen as righteous and you're seen as a child of god so um that to me uh faith would definitely be one of the words i would use to describe uh, what that is and what it is we stand for because it's all about faith and it's not all based on feelings and what it is that you can see but faith definitely Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i think uh just in that same vein Uh, I think we see all throughout, especially the New Testament, um, those words faith, those words believe. uh, And I think when you're talking about, you know, what is Christianity, what you're ultimately looking at is what is that faith in? What are you believing in? Uh, And ultimately, you know, what separates Christianity from all these other things and, you know, uh, is that it is faith and that belief in Jesus Christ and, Uh, believing who he says he was and uh, the things, the work that he has done, not only through his earthly ministry, but through all of his life. Um, I think one thing that, you know, is so easy to see is that, um, you know, when we see sort of the, the beginnings of Christianity, it wasn't just something that, you know, is simply a New Testament concept, but it's something that you know, through God and his sovereignty. I mean, we see all th- all the way back in Genesis. I mean, from, you know, from even before the foundations of the world, it's not that, you know, God was sort of thrown off and sort of needed to throw this kind of Hail Mary, you know, plan B. Um, I mean, we can see all the way from, you know, Genesis and the fall that, you know, from the beginning, God knew that the fall would happen and um, God had, you know, a plan for it. And we see that in Genesis 3 when uh, he's talking to uh, the serpent. And he's saying, you know, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman. And, you know, her descendant is going to come. And, you know, you will uh, you will crush his heel and he will crush your head. You know, um, I think we can so clearly see that, you know, this being the foretelling of Christ to come in all through the Old Testament. I mean, um, you know we see, uh, I want to say it was in Genesis chapter 7, I don't have it you know, written or anything, but um, we can see um, when Noah was named, uh, he was literally, and there were multiple times throughout the Old Testament that we could see people, you know, this thought going around of like, uh, maybe this will be the one that is coming to save us. And so all throughout the Old Testament, you know, people were saved and you know, it was still a salvation by faith, and it was a faith in Christ to come. So I think that is really at its core what Christianity is, is, you know, faith in Christ, and now that he already has come, you know, it's not looking forward to Christ, but it's looking back and seeing what Christ has already done, who Christ was, who Christ is, and what Christ is going to, you know, come back and finish.
1: Yeah, man.
0: Absolutely. And I think for me... um, when I think about Christianity, obviously, because our faith is so similar with Judaism, um, in in the Jewish and the Hebrew uh, faith and religions, what separates us is that obviously we believe that Jesus of you know Nazareth was mm-hmm. is wasn't is the Christ you know mm-hmm. the Messiah. He is um, you know one part of the Godhead of the Trinity, mm-hmm. um, as in. God the Father uh, Jesus the Son and then the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, three parts equal to God um, and then our specific following of his ministry and and the plan that he had set when we actually take the Bible as a whole mm-hmm. and it, and you mentioned that I, you can see throughout like the Old Testament that foretelling of Jesus and like mm-hmm. the prophets you know there are are obviously for um you know prophesying about Jesus's return I mm-hmm. think it's in um, um who is it Daniel, I believe, um, is it Daniel? Now I feel back. I'm drawing <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was Daniel because it was uh, Daniel in the Lion's Den, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, him, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego mm-hmm. who were enslaved by mm-hmm. the Byzantine Empire. No, I don't know what empire that was. Babylonian. Babylonia. Thank right. you for that. Um, and if you read like the last. Three or so chapters mm-hmm. of Daniel. It talks about a his, lot of prophecy. His a lot of his prophecy, and it, mm-hmm. it really kind of one of him. He talks about how like the the Son of Man is going to rise, and mm-hmm. he's going to you know he talks about all these other this other imagery, mm-hmm. and it's like it's so clearly mm-hmm. you know pointing towards mm-hmm. the Messiah, right? Mm-hmm. And then we believe as Christians that Jesus came to fulfill that role, mm-hmm. and right. he did fulfill that role, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that right. is ultimately what separates us, and that's really what makes us Christians and not just some, um, you know, G- other Jewish believers, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah. That's Do you right. know in uh, about? Can we can we talk a little more about Christ, uh, Jesus, and his ministry? As- yeah.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, go oh, ahead. Yeah, I apologize. Um, I was gonna say that um well Jesus makes it very clear. we were talking about um Luke in chapter, I believe it was twelve where he was talking about um how he came to um that I'm sorry, let me look um how he did not come to bring peace to the earth but a sword, so a lot of times we think that Jesus came to bring peace, but actually. When you accept Jesus and you're trying to live life out for Jesus, how it's actually going to cause division between families and and friends and people who know each other? Because when you're walking to live out your life for Christ, it's it, not everybody's going to like that, you know. Especially if you're living mm-hmm. among a family who has a whole different belief, you know, than you. If they're they're Muslim or whatever it is, it's going to cause a lot of tension. And um, Jesus said he called he, he came to separate or he came to separate a mother from a daughter a father from a son because it's going to cause that it's going to cause that much tension between people and um he came to seek the lost the people who who don't know who christ is and who don't know who he is and um and um the pe- not people who think that they're you know he didn't come to, s- to see the people who think that they have it all together, right? And all the people who think they're holy than now or whatever, but people who know they're sinners Mm -hmm. and know that they need to repent. Mm -hmm. That's what I say.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, we see a lot in Christ's ministry. Um, I think that, you know, that's one of the greatest things of the gospels that, you know, obviously all scripture is God breathed. And so, you know every portion, every you know word, every part of Scripture that we read, you know, is coming from God. Um, but I think you know as we're reading Christ's words and as we're reading His teachings, um, you know, there's just something almost unique about it. Um, I know in our church right now, um, as we're uh, studying the Bible itself and we're kind of uh, talking about all these different things that obviously you know, by the Holy Spirit is how we get, you know, these human writers that are divinely inspired to write scripture. Um, and we talk about, you know, but it's through kind of their own personalities that things come out. Uh, and I think we see a lot of this, uh, it's very interesting to sort of see, you know, Jesus's different responses to things, you know, as we're seeing God and flesh, you know, respond to things because, you know, all throughout scripture, you know, uh, or all throughout the Gospels, rather, uh, we see a lot of very interesting things. I mean, we see um, Jesus give, you know, sarcastic responses, <laughs> you know, we see, we see Christ, yeah. you know, um, we see Him, you know, frustrated with the sinful state that mm-hmm. has come, you know, um, to the temples and, you know, to these uh, places that are meant to be for worship, for uh, for God, and, you know, and we also see, you know, uh, just raw emotion as he, you know, weeps for Lazarus and, you know, just these people that are so close to him. And so, um, as we look at Jesus's ministry, uh, I think that, you know, we would be almost remiss to look at Christ simply through sort of this lens that, um, you know, what does separate us from, you know, the Muslim, uh, you know their religion, and you know from Judaism is that they may look at Christ as you know a great prophet, a very wise person, you know, but when we look at him, you know we come the thing that separates the Christian is exactly you know what we see in the Gospels between the conversations between uh, Jesus and the disciples when he says, "You know who uh who do people say that I am?" and you know you have people who say, "Oh, you know, some people think you're Elijah, some people." think, you know, this, that, or the other. And, you know, and he says, well, who do you say that I am? And I think that response of Peter's, of you are, uh, the son of God. I mean, I think this so clearly shows the difference between where we are and, um, you know, the, who we're following and who we call Lord, you know, mm-hmm. is all coming from this. Um, and I think that, mm-hmm. you know, in Jesus's ministry. You know, he did not really mince words in certain cases Um, In others. He showed very great sympathy. Um, We can think of, you know, the same Peter, you know, that he would uh, that as Peter, you know, with all his heart, you know, all his love that he has for Christ, you know, tries his best to say, you know, Lord, I would never let you die. I would never let you be crucified. You know, the same Jesus that would look at him and say, get behind me, Satan, you know, he would look. He would look at when uh, it comes just... He was uh, right. I
0: mean, he, he cut up that guy's Yeah, and then garner him enemy.
2: Yeah. But so, too, in that same person, you know, in that same relationship, you know, we see Jesus as he sits there, and um, we see uh, during the Last Supper, as Jesus is saying, you know, one of you will betray me, and uh, Peter's saying, you know, Lord, I would never... Um, and obviously, we know that Jesus tells him, you know, fully, you know, before the rooster crows, you know, you will deny me three times. Um, but in the same vein, you know, uh, we think back to, uh, man, just such a powerful thing that has to do with uh, the Lord where uh, Jesus had said to him, uh, you know, Simon, Simon. He's, uh, and he says, uh, Satan would sift you as wheat. And he says, you know, but I've prayed for you and, you know, you will be strengthened and you, you know, I think that we see this love of Christ as well. And so um, I think that that translates also into the church, you know, with exactly what we're saying, you know, that Jesus was not always just this, you know, meek and lowly Jesus, you know, this weak, you know, uh, lamb, but, you know, He also was prepared, you know, he was prepared and he was not, you know, afraid to, you know, call people out when they needed to be called out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially as, Mm -hmm. you know, you had mentioned, Gabe, with, you know, calling out the religious leaders. And, you know, I think that this is so important in Christ's ministry because Christ's ministry sort of set the example for us. And I think we see that, too, in the early church where, you know, the example that they are trying to set is ultimately the model for, you know, what we are to be. And I think, um, one place that this is very clear, um, is in the Beatitudes, Mm, I think is, uh, Jesus is going through and, you know, he's giving all these, uh, things where he's saying, you know, for example, when we see, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, I think we see this in the life of the Christian. We see that, you know, we are spiritually bankrupt. We have, you know, no goodness in us. And so, apart from God, we would be lacking that. And so I think that so much in Jesus's ministry, you know, um, obviously we must believe all of the Bible is truth, but um, I think there are so many things specifically that were made clear that um, one of the greatest things of really all the New Testament is that, you know, he talks about, you know, when we see, you know, him saying, I've come for the world yeah. and that, you know, this is now opened up from not just the nation of Israel that he's come for, but this is that any person from, you know, a nation that whosoever believes, you know, is going to be saved. And, you know, we see this and we're just like, man, you know, the the change that Jesus and his ministry has brought that, you know, sure, sometimes throughout the old Testament, like in uh, Jonah, most notably when we see him traveling to Nineveh, um, Uh, Just to kind of wrap up uh, this thought, you know, we so often, we would see people, you know, uh, be sort of brought in and sort of, you know, saved from sort of the wrath of God. But ultimately, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, it was really Israel and that focus on Israel. Mm -hmm. And so now for Mm -hmm. this to be expanded, yeah. And so so for now for this to be expanded and for God to say, you know, from the beginning, you know, it's not you know, just been Israel, but, you know, my plan was that my son would come and that, you know, it would really open up the ability for not just the Jew to be saved, but for the Gentile, um, you know, was just so, you know, amazing to hear. And I think too, in Acts uh, chapter 13, you know, we see the same thing where Paul, as he stands up, you know, for these Gentile believers, um, mm-hmm. I want to say it's Acts chapter 13, verse 48, um, you know, we see, uh in that portion of scripture where it says, you know, and all the Gentiles who, um, were to basically be given belief were, you know, saved. And I think it's just so powerful. And I can even, uh, I see you go in there cause you're trying to pull it up with your fancy computer, <laughs> but nothing better than the word of God. itself. It's, it's <laughs> um, man. And so, um, Acts 13, you I want to say it's 48. Yes. Um, Yep. And when the Gentiles heard this, they there began is. rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many were appointed to eternal life believed. Mm. Um, amen, amen. And so I think this is where, you know, this ministry of Christ comes through. That it's not just, you know, that in really, I mean, mm. Jesus made it clear. It's not for the religious people at all, but, you know, it's for the person that can, that is willing to accept that they're lost. And it's yeah. for the person that, you know, can see their sinfulness as it is and be willing to. Admit that they are not deserving of grace, you know, that nothing within them, you know, should prove to them. But it's only by Christ and his mercy that we're saved. And so I think this is what was so predominantly preached through Christ's ministry that I think, you know, really defines the
0: Christian faith. Wow. I love that. No, 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 really, I do. No, um, I'm just taking all that in. Um, And that just makes me think. Um, I don't know what you got. Do you? Do you have anything? Because then this takes me kind of in a different direction that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. But this is exactly what I wanted, though. Um, because <clears throat> you you talked about like obviously his grace and and that gets me thinking about uh salvation, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously you you kind of you touched on it. Um, you know Israel being that the chosen people um, throughout the the, the story that God weaves throughout the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and following these people, um, and and then ultimately with Jesus opening that up to everyone, to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. who would be literally was everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Who wasn't, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, of the of those tribes, right? Mm-hmm. So. What does, and, and this is open to both you guys, yeah. what does that, sal- what does salvation mean to you? Mm.
2: Mm. Dave, I've talked enough. It's <laughs> your <own> brother. <laughs> uh, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it,
1: man. Uh, yeah, I think that's actually uh, amazing how you're speaking on uh, how Jesus wanted salvation for everyone, because, is especially for the for the Gentiles, too, because there were actually people that tried to fight. Um, there were religious leaders that tried to fight against um, the truth being shared with Gentiles because they didn't want them to hear it. But Jesus, the, the gospel was meant for everyone. There was actually um, even um, as Paul was on his missionary journeys, there were people who were try, uh, upset with him for trying to share the message with the Gentiles. And, and Peter was, was speaking on the, the dream that he had where he said he saw the, uh, what was it, uh, um, coming from the sky, uh hanker uh um, a blanket or something coming down from oh you're
0: talking about like uh the like the yeah the blanket from the sky coming from the sky, sky. right mm-hmm. the bl- he mentions mm-hmm. um god tells him to eat and Peter's like oh i can't yeah. you know because again that that uh kind of the mosaic laws we'll call it you know mm-hmm. um of the unclean and clean animals yep, yep. and god tells him, do not call unclean what i have made that's right clean. that's right. Mm-hmm and for me and it's it's great that you brought that up for me when i read that it's really a lot of people will say well, you know we're under it's it's a very interesting topic mm-hmm. right how we obviously you have the the covenant that god made with israel right he brought them out of egypt uh through moses which is how we get we they call it the mosaic law right mm-hmm. he gives Lord moses many 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 of these commandments not just the 10 as you know the stories in sunday school might might tell (laughs) you you know read (laughs) read numbers and deuteronomy like it's a lot (laughs) (laughs) um you know but uh you know that that mosaic law which was the law that's what it meant to be one of god's people at that time right Mm -hmm. and peter being a good jew you know mm-hmm. a good follower of god at that point and him seeing the one true god in the flesh in jesus following him he of course wants to maintain these religious customs and tradition that they have been passed down from generation to generation because again mm-hmm. as you read if if you read through i believe it is the ending of deuteronomy where he talks about like as the as the as he's nearing the end of moses life he tells them like these like this is the law mm-hmm. You were to tell the like you were to come together and just like listen to like you like the he, the head elder yeah. at the time just basically exposit the law to you in its entirety,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which I think was a very powerful statement in itself. How else were you supposed to know it, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's how they again it gets passed down from generation to generation, mm-hmm. and then you know we get there hundreds of years later. We have you know Peter in this dream, as you yeah. mentioned, and for me that was powerful because it's like. you have the law it's still important um and i think when you really get into like the study it you have the ceremonial law and the the kind of moral law Mm -hmm. of what that mosaic law was Mm -hmm. right and what it meant to be a good moral follower of god Mm -hmm. ceremoniously and then obviously morally Mm -hmm. um when a lot of those practices um but then you have Jesus he came back he died for our sins so no more do we have to have the for example the animalist animal sacrifice yeah yep yeah no more do that and that was one thing i read i'm so like thank you lord <laughs> yeah. that i was no born, no circle yeah, when i was no
1: born.
0: <laughs> no like, you, know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know like i'm not man cuz it was this one chapter and I can't, like, it, and it's just like, yeah, you're going to crack the duck's neck <laughs> and sprinkle the blood. And yeah. I'm yeah. Like, like,
1: yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember we had that conversation.
0: Like, i said one time that'd be it for me. But I, mean, I guess that was the point though. Right. You know, it was to make it, I, you know, but that gets too much into into the weeds of it. But w- with Peter in that dream, for me, that was powerful. Cause it's like, you're, we are no longer beholden by that, Ceremonial customs and things like that do not call unclean what I made clean, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's okay to an extent to still want to be as as good of a follower of God as we can, right? As good of a Christian following Christ's example, mm-hmm. and wh- that also means following, you know, s- some of those Old Testament laws, being a good moral. Person, not mm-hmm. necessarily the ceremonial stuff. When it comes to, like the sacrifices and maybe some of the food laws, right? um The mixed fabric, and mm-hmm. you know, as a lot of people like to bring up when mm-hmm. they bring up like the Levit- Leviticus and things like mm-hmm. that, right? um But yeah, I think that's amazing when it comes to that salvation and and really what that means for me as mm-hmm. a Christian in, yeah. my, in in this day and age. Like, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: I can't. It's not for me to judge what God has made clean, if mm-hmm. he's made that's it right. clean. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's a commandment straight from the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I'm going to follow that example that the Bible lays out as best as I can. Yeah. Without putting too much pressure on ceremonial tradition. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. If it gets away in the way of my personal relationship with my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Right. And my prayer, and my reading of scripture, and my right. interpretation, and and the discipleship that I'm getting from my church family, right, and things like that. Not to be stuck in my own echo chamber mm-hmm. of something that could be wrong, mm-hmm. um, which is something I know that you could definitely agree with, Alex. <laughs> you know, you're you're fresh out of that cage stage, <laughs> <laughs> cage stage Calvinist, you Still know. In there. <laughs> He's ready to fight everybody. <laughs> um, um, but no, no, no. But seriously, though, like I, I think it's, it's, that's one, that's a big thing for, of what it meant, truly meant, again, to bringing that, the gospel, the good news, mm-hmm. Jesus to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. right? And Paul, who, you know, Peter, obviously, mm-hmm. who was kind of one of the detractors of like, oh, this this is for Jews, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is really the Jews. like right. yeah it's cool and then, like, right and then uh, so I, I was so i was gonna yeah, say go didn't ahead.
1: paul get on peter for for doing something like that yeah yeah they did yeah,
0: yeah. in the in the in the council of jerusalem mm-hmm. you know and they they you could argue that they kind of went yeah, at it yeah. you know uh, of of yeah. what it meant because yeah. and it's funny because we talk about paul right and mm-hmm. he yeah, yeah. Arguably the, the biggest author of the New Testament, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, again, all scriptures God-breathed, mm-hmm. right? So God is the author. But right. um, him as being one of the main writers that that, um, that God used with a lot of the letters that he sent to the churches, mm-hmm. yeah. Paul was Saul. <laughs> yeah. Paul was that religious you know, leader. He was, right. uh, he was a, a Sadducee. No, he was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. Pharisee. Was he was Pharisee. A, Pharisee? Yeah, a Pharisee. He yeah. studied as a Pharisee. He had all that knowledge. Persecute the apostles. Mm-hmm. You know, he was there when I believe it was Andrew. Stephen. Where, Stephen was stoned. Stephen oh, yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. When Stephen yeah. was stoned. And so it's like we talk about it, and he was there. Like he was one of those people that was like, no, like this, that's not it. Like mm-hmm. that's. You can't just be out here telling people, like, this is what it is when you've got, all, we've got all these religious laws and customs to follow. You can't just, mm-hmm. you know, let anybody into the club, right? You know, he, he's the bouncer outside. He's like, no, nah, you can't do that. And he he had full authority to bring these, bring these you know, early Christians in mm-hmm. and, and dispose of them.
2: Yeah. Right? Um, just to kind of piggyback on that last kind of thing you were saying about, you know, Saul and just, you know, all of these things, um, you know, this is something that he directly addresses in Philippians chapter three, um, when he says, um, for we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God in glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself, you know, have reason for confidence in the flesh. Also, if anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Um, And so from this, I mean, um, Paul so clearly, you know, he could not have made it clearer. You know, he is saying that um, my religious deeds and all the things that I before Christ would have thought would have gained me, you know, leverage with God, would have, you know, truly put me in a place where, you know, God would surely welcome me in with open arms, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, Lord, look at what all I've done, Mm -hmm. you know, he's saying, you know, and this is a very, very strong word that he uses, that word rubbish, Um, you know, um, and this is, that, that word is almost, you know, many have pointed out that, you know, translations that use that word, it's very It's almost kind of played down because, you know, um, Mm. what the better translation would be was what very few translations use, which is dung. Mm -hmm. You know, he's saying like, you know, and imagine the a to write this to even especially to the Jewish Christians. You know, what a statement that all of these religious acts that you think are going to save you. You know, when we um, you know, as we've been reading through um, the Bible, you know, with, um, a meme page that I run on Facebook. Um, you know, it's been, you know, it's really telling. And I, I hope to the other people that are following along, you know, it, it would be very telling as you read through the old Testament and you read about, you know, the unclean nature of things and that it was so, you know, hammered in that no matter what really, uh, was being sacrificed, you know, the dung was something that was not to be, you know, sacrificed along with it. That was something that was to be taken outside of the camp because it was just so dirty. It was so Mm -hmm. filthy that, you know, to bring it before God, you know, would be such, it would be detestable to God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the fact that Paul is saying, you know, I have more reason than any of you to boast Mm -hmm. in the flesh, to boast in what I've done in the law, to boast in these things. And all of it, if I were to offer it to God would Mm -hmm. be detestable. It would be vile to him. Oh, Hebrew Hebrews. Yeah. I've got that. Yeah. He says, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and he was, I mean, if you yeah. were to look at it, I mean, he was, and you know, this is just the thing. And I mean, he even goes through what I love um, about his epistle to the Romans mm. um, is just from the very beginning, you know, as he's sort of really laying out, the power of the gospel there in the beginning of chapter one, he really has this turn of the tide where then as he's talking about the gospel and, you know, who is saved and, you know, you know how this comes and who this comes to, you know, he first condemns really pagan believers. And he's saying all these people who, you know, were just giving into the lust Mm. of their flesh, all these people who are worshiping idols, all these things, you are guilty before God. Um, and many teachers before me have pointed this out and you know, it's not like this is an original thought of my own, but then he goes into chapter two and he addresses the religious people who would be looking and saying, that's right, Paul, look at how bad they are. They aren't worthy of salvation. And he says, hold on. You aren't Mm. either. And he's, you know, he goes really into it and he talks about, you know, you talk about how, you know, you're fulfilling the law and you're circumcised. Um, While you, pre- while you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say uh, one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? And so, from all of this, um, you know, he's emphasizing that, like, you know, you aren't worthy of it either, mm. you know. And then he really hammers it home in chapter three as he quotes the Psalms and he says, There is none righteous. There's none who do good. You know, nobody is deserving of salvation. And he makes it so abundantly clear. Um, And then as he goes on and on and on all throughout, um, you know, then we get to um, even Romans chapter nine. um, And from there, you just see that, you know, it is not on a person to just sort of desire salvation, you know. Um, And we can see this right back again to Jesus's ministry. Um, When we go back to uh, Matthew chapter seven um, and we even not just Matthew chapter seven, but I think it's, you know, they're sort of mirrored also in the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Um, When you have these people who are showing up and, you know, um, two times in Jesus's teachings, we see this phrase, Lord, Lord. Mm -hmm um and both in the hebrew and in the greek um when these words are repeated it's really used for emphasis um and so like it's to almost but in this case it's really to show how deep that relationship was um and so from this we're seeing that this is somebody who like in their minds and really truly in their hearts they're thinking to themselves you know this person is close to me you know in the sense of Matthew chapter seven, we're seeing, you know, somebody who f- their whole life has thought that they were a believer, and they're saying, you know, Lord, you know, have I not done these things? Have I not prophesied mm-hmm. in your name and cast out demons and have I not done these things? Um, and then we see that parallel then in the uh parable of the virgins where yeah. they're saying, you know, uh, Lord, let us in. You know, we are, you know, friends of the bride, you know, we are we're friends of the bridegroom and Um, you know, both times they're, you know, cast into this outer darkness, into this place of, uh, the gnashing of teeth. And, you know, so many times when we're talking about salvation, you know, people can look and I think in our day and age, salvation has really been brought down in sort of this finite, you know, pray this prayer. And if you say these words and you really mean it and you, you know, you're sincere um, you know, then you will be yeah. saved. And we take this, you know, portion of Romans 10 and we say, you know, if you just, you know, repeat these words, which, you know, first of all should be an indicator that, mm. you know, when we see Christ, as he's talking about the one who is forgiven of his sins, when we see, um, you know, this tax collector in that parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, where the Pharisee saying, you know, Lord, I'm glad you didn't make mm. me like that guy over there. And we see this man's, you know, the tax collector's prayer, as he's beating his chest he, you know it says he's not even looking up to heaven he says you know i'm not worthy you know lord be merciful to a sinner like me you know this he didn't need somebody to repeat that prayer mm-hmm. to him he he knew what to say because yeah. he saw the state, the state of his sin and so when we see these people who say you know well if you just say this you're going to be okay you know people can be sincerely wrong And I think Mm -hmm. that is the issue that comes into this day and age when we talk about breaking down salvation to Mm -hmm. that small inkling of, you know, importance of, you know, well, if you just, you know, if you don't know the words, I'm going to give you the words to say as if, you know, that's some sort of binding contract with God of, Mm -hmm. well, I said the thing, you Mm -hmm. have to save me because, you know, if you don't, then you're questioning, you know, my sincerity when if we were to go, you know, to Ephesians, if we were to go to all these different places that it talks about faith, that faith and belief is something that is given to us. Mm. You know, um, when we talk about, you know, know, even if you were to stick with Romans, um, you know, and you were to go to Romans chapter six, verse 23, Mm. um, when he just makes it very clear. And he says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal Mm. life. That eternal life, regeneration in and of itself is a gift that must come from God. It's not something that I can sort of conjure Mm. up through, you know, the repetition of some words. It's not something that I can earn. You know, all these things Mm -hmm. are sort of, um, you know, just wrong thoughts on salvation that have really come in today. And I think that when you look at it biblically, that it's clearly something That must first and foremost come from God before, you know, and um, David knows that I just, you know, recently posted about this on that same page where, you know, I talked about the effectual calling of God and that, you know, when that happens that, you know, there's this general call that comes out to everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that be through um, natural revelation and, you know, just really seeing, you know, that general revelation of God through nature and just creation. Um, or through the preaching of the gospel when it falls on mm-hmm. deaf ears, uh, you know, as Isaiah was commanded to do there in Isaiah chapter six. Um, but you know, there will be those that will respond and that response is not something that comes from me, but it's something that, you know, the Holy spirit, you know, does a great and mighty work in me and allows me to even be able to respond because apart from that work, I would have no desire, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that goes into Ephesians, you know, when it talks so clearly, Ephesians, and I believe um, Titus even talks about this too, um, where he just you know clearly mm-hmm. cements, mm-hmm. you know, you have no, you had no desire to follow God when you know before God worked in you, you had no desire. You were completely content walking towards you know that path of destruction. You were completely fine walking through that gate. You were completely fine on that path, and if God had not intervened you would have walked straight there. Mm -hmm. You know, you would have walked straight into hell with no problem until you got there. And then, you know, even in that, uh, great parable from, I believe that's Luke 18. Um, when we see, you know, Lazarus and the rich man and the rich man, you know, he's only concerned about himself. Even still, it's not, you know, man, I really should have repented, man. I really should have done this. It's, Man, couldn't somebody give me some water right now? So, you know, this wouldn't be as bad. You know, it's still just this lack of repentance, Mm. which clearly shows that it must come from God. Even still in hell itself, this man is still just focused on himself, not even realizing that what he missed and that, you know, any of this was, you know, purely, you know, just whatever it may be. I mean, it's just pure selfishness. It's pure Mm -hmm. self-desire that we see, again, You read in Romans 1. If somebody that, you know, is not given that belief has no, you know, care for, you know, God, you know, even still in hell, he has no desire for God. He has no repentance. It is purely, you know, me, 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 and satisfying my own, you know, fleshly
0: Mm -hmm. desires. Uh, I think it's funny that you bring it out. Not funny. Um, (laughs) Interesting. I do that. I don't don't know. That's one of my things. Like it's funny that you say that. Like who's laughing, right? No. Um. It's interesting that you bring that up. It made me think of um when you when you talk about repentance. When I was reading, I want to say James is when I first really reading through James, like really encountered it, and it's during that. Last Supper, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, mm-hmm. and you, I like Peter's. Like he's uncomfortable, right? He's like, "Oh Lord," mm-hmm. like you know, because again, he sees them as he sees them as uh, he's Peter sees Jesus as the Christ, as God, mm-hmm. right? And so, you can't just like again, just wash your feet, right? Because mm-hmm. again, they're they're walking around; they got like sandals on, and they all they do is walk. Mm-hmm. Their feet are nasty, yeah, right? Um, and it's seen as the job you know of of a servant right mm-hmm. and if you are to fast forward a little bit basically jesus talks about how um to do these things and this example that he puts out and he does it to everybody, he everybody even judas who's literally about to go and betray him mm-hmm. right um and for me that's Uh, he says to do this, you know, uh, well, cause let me backtrack. Uh, After Jesus like clarifies why he's doing this, Mm -hmm. Peter's like, oh, well don't don't just stop my feet, wash my whole body. Like, Mm -hmm. he's like, you've already been cleaned, right? Mm -hmm. Salvation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But you need to like basically still clean your feet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very, and then he like encouraged them to do that to each Mm -hmm. other. I think that's a very, very important thing um, Mm -hmm. that us as Christians to come together with that that fellowship mm-hmm. and that discipleship into mm-hmm. metaphorically wash each other's feet when it comes to um, that daily repentance of our sins, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to, to I guess to kind of bring that into modern terms, how often, especially with the COVID yeah. just happening, right? Mm-hmm. Coming yeah. out of this pandemic, mm-hmm. if if we can even say we're out of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, How often are people washing their hands now? Mm -hmm. You you ain't gonna lie about it. I know some of you guys (laughs) go to the bathroom and wash hands. Don't lie, all right? (laughs) Um, But in in all seriousness, like you know, to break, like you've got to wash your hands very, very frequently Mm -hmm. in this day and age. Because why? Because we know it prevents germs, diseases. You know, Mm -hmm. um, and how do you stay healthy Mm -hmm. as Christians? I think we need to be very, very forthcoming with the people that we choose to disciple and be discipled by mm-hmm. you know um yeah. and admitting our sins mm-hmm. and repenting and washing each other's feet daily and having mm-hmm. people wash our feet and talk about our struggles our shortcomings our sins and repent mm-hmm. and to have that accountability mm-hmm. um, Yep, yep so yeah that's just what you go into that and that's just one of the things that's that really the lord put on my heart when i was reading through that chapter like i said when i encountered that in james um and then you got you obviously uh when you read the like the four like gospels matthew mark mm-hmm. john like, it, they're telling essentially the same story mm-hmm. um but it, from different kind of points or views you get a little different here a little different here because mm-hmm. it's um you know the, the different people writing um <clears throat> but <sighs> yeah like i don't know like james hit me like a <laughs> mad truck like i'm reading like if i were to ever like really encourage like a new christian like where should i start reading like you know, james. <laughs> like for me like because like matthew it's a little bit you know it can be a little difficult um at times and then luke is luke is better but james i love it you think of john by the way am i <sighs> Because you're saying Matthew James, Marking and I'm like, jarred. man,
2: James is a really hard book it to digest. Jarred. I was like, I, totally I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to, for I'm, the sake of,
0: like, <laughs> uh, no, 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 thank you for correcting me. For the sake now I of, feel, like, I almost seeming like, <laughs> seem like <laughs> see, that's what I didn't want. I didn't want <laughs> to be a discouragement
2: to you and seem like I wasn't trying to, like, edify or anything like that. But I was like, as you were saying, I was like, we're going to have to edit that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David doesn't actually read your Bible. Well, I was just sitting there, and I was like, I, I'm, I'm in my head, and I'm like, well, these are stories that happen in the gospel, but even more than that, just when you were saying It's like, funny, because I said, yeah, James.
0: Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and I'm like, no, dude, it's
2: definitely... Well, and then when you said James, I was like, man, James is a really hard book, like, James has a lot of, like, deep theological things that are hard to wrestle, like, if you, you're telling, like, new <laughs> Christians so like, new Christian to go and read, read says, you know, um... About uh, faith and works, <laughs> you're gonna be like, Man, that's gonna really throw them
1: off. They're gonna end um, Catholic by
2: the end of that.
1: Faith works. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well <but>, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, repentance I think was one thing, uh a big thing that um uh, Alex and David both of you guys talked about. Um, because understanding that mm-hmm. repentance is a change of heart, it's not just saying you're sorry, it's uh it's 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 saying to God, hey uh I know that I I messed up, but I am going to fight the lift for you. It's not just I'm going to keep saying sorry and just keep doing the same thing. And um, mm-hmm. um, it says that we all fall short of the glory of God, but we're justified by Jesus dying. So yes, there's forgiveness, but um, repentance is the thing where like a lot of people will think that, I even read online one time, um, it was saying about Christianity. It was saying that, once you accept Jesus, you can keep living however you want to live. And I was like, no, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. Mm -hmm. Once you live for Jesus, you continue, you will fall to sin because we were born in sin. But repentance is something, is a thing that you continually do because we are in sin. And you continue to get back up and fight the good fight and continue to pray and continue to stay with people that are going to hold you accountable. Um, One thing um, about repentance is, is um, not repentance, but uh, living the faith is confessing your sins to one another. So holding each other accountable Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that we gotta do is work as a, a body and as a unit, and also confess our sins to one another, hold each other accountable, and Absolutely. and work as a body mm-hmm. as the Bible tells us to do. And I think that's a, a big thing. Mm-hmm.
0: A, Absolutely, sin, uh, sin is shame, yeah. man. Yeah, and that that's one in my biggest things when I, I've sin <clears throat> being the really the rejection of the authority of God over your life. Mm-hmm. and and when it comes down to it a lot of the sins are shameful yeah. you know sexual immorality yep. mm-hmm. you know things like that. um hate murder mm-hmm. you know like it, it's shameful when you really think about it and mm-hmm. you think about the, the people you've sinned against mm-hmm. it's shameful and mm-hmm. it, it really kind of goes back to even uh, adam and eve in the garden mm-hmm. they they ate of the fruit they knew the knowledge of good and evil right Mm-hmm. Um and then they realized their nakedness. Yeah, and they were ashamed. Yeah, and they hid from God. Right. And God calls out, "Where are you? Yeah. Well, I, you know, <laughs> we hid because we're naked. Who told yeah. you you're naked? You right. know, like why does it matter? Right. right. And and it just reeks of they're uh, they're now realizing this. They have this sin. They have rejected God's authority. God told them literally this one thing: don't touch that tree. Right. Don't eat of that fruit. Mm-hmm. Right. It, You've got the run, of the, the run of the garden. You are to tell, you know, well, that's even before he really told him to he was to tell, work the field. It's just like, right. hey, bro, hang out. Like, yeah. come hang out with me. We're going to kick it and yeah. like, just be here. It's awesome. Name that's... the animals. Like, yeah. how cool is this? Right? Um, and then, you know, and then it's like, they sin and then you have the shame and it's like, uh And it's like, now you got to work. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. Um... And I think, you know, to go off of Gabe, something you were talking about, you know, I think that we really that that really has become a very prevalent thought in sort of Christianity today, you know, is exactly the thing. And this is something I actually preached on recently um, was Romans Mm. six, you know, and Paul just sort of addressing this question of, you know, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You know, and he gives a strong response of, you know, God forbid, you know, to that to him, you know, this is a disgusting, you know, thought of, you know, how could I as a born again believer who has been, you know, freed from the slavery to sin, you know, um, and he makes it clear again, you know, just on that same vein. There in verse eleven of chapter six of Romans, where he says, "So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ
1: yep, Jesus." Yep. Um,
2: you know, and going further and saying, "You know, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body uh, to make you obey its passions." Um, you know, and he's talking about you know this obviously referring to sanctification, which would be you know directly linked to our need to continue to repent, to continue you know to confess Absolutely. to God our sinfulness. Is, you know, the Holy Spirit working in us and revealing to us the sin that's in our lives and saying, you know, um, you know, get away from it. You know, um, when we see, you know, clearly stated in James, you know, that when we sin, when we are tempted, you know, it's because, you know, we're leading ourselves astray. You know, it's not that God is sort of, you know, putting us in this place where, you know, setting us up to fail, really, but that it's merely that we are the ones that are wandering away. Um, and kind of to, um, sort of turn a corner here, just in that same, you know, vein of, you know, what is Christianity and sort of, you know, looking at that, I think we're sort of getting into, um, to just kind of bring a final thought, I guess, um, sort of what our lives look like and sort of what that change brings. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that after we are saved, you know, we are to live differently, that after, you know, we have been freed from that bondage of sin, we are to live differently. And I think, you know, by the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, God begins to change our desires and change what, you know, we desire to do and the things that, you know, we see as enjoyable, which I think is so easily seen in sort of um, something that I think you had really texted me a while ago, and it's crazy to think how long this has been, where you had said, you know, a sort of a stereotype of, you know, Christianity that, you know, irks you. And I believe mine was actually that, you know, everything that we do is boring, you know, that, you know, our lives as Christians are boring because, you know, to the unregenerate person's mind, you know, having to stop drinking and having to stop going out and partying and, you know, having to stop, you know, having these, you know, constant sexual relationships with, you know, all these different people, you know, to them, you know, that's boring. You know, that would lead to a life that is no longer enjoyable. Um, But I think, you know, again, to go back to Paul's epistles, um, there in Colossians, he really lays out um, sort of like what the Christian is to kind of do throughout their life that I think is almost um, worth reading Um, there in Colossians chapter three, verse 15 he says, "And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly uh, in you, uh, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus." giving thanks to God, the father through him. And so I think here, you know, we see this outline of what the life change is going to look like that, you know, I don't need these formal, you know, these former fleshly desires to bring me joy Mm -hmm. anymore. You know, my joy is gathering with the saints on a Sunday and, you know, singing these Psalms, singing these hymns together and, you know, glorifying God, um, it's coming together and being able to teach and be taught and, you know, just admonishing, you know, and edifying one another. I think, you know, this becomes what our joy is found in. Um, and I think that um, there in the very end, you know, I think really leads into uh, that portion there in verse 17 when he says, giving thanks to God the Father through him and, you know, doing all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus that ultimately... Um, one of just my few notes that I had taken for (laughs) this, um, that did not have to come, you know, off the cuff, um, was, you know, uh, something I had read is, uh, from R.C. Sproul was he had, uh, kind of talked about, he had been asked by somebody before, you know, way back when this was like in his prime in like the eighties or nineties, uh, and, you know, he was asked by somebody, you know, kind of what's this big deal with Christianity? Like what, you know, why would anybody, you know, what's the point? Like what's the, what's the point of it all? Um, and I think just to kind of focus back to, um, I think this kind of helps focus back on that original question um, was Luther's response to that um, was the Latin phrase "corum Deo, um, which means um, to be in the presence of. And so literally what, you know, Luther's interpretation of what it means to sort of live the Christian life is to that we are living in the presence of God, Um, that we are, um, that everything that we do, everything, you know, all of these different things is completely in the presence of God. Every action that we do, every, you know, song that we sing, every teacher that we adhere to. All these things are done in the presence of God. Um, And I think that, you know, this should move the Christian not to sort of this sense of fear, um, but it should almost bring us to this greater sense of praise. Um, And I think one of the most kind of notable places that we see this to kind of wrap up this final thought of mine, um, I think in Psalms, when David is writing there, Um, And we see really him almost kind of boasting in this sovereignty of God um, there in Psalm 139. Uh, I think it's just so telling is obviously, you know, we have the uh, cliche sort of, uh, I say cliche, but just commonly used Christian phrases um, there in 139 where, you know, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, all these, you know. Teenage Christian girl Instagram (laughs) quotes um, that they so love to use. But I think so, um, you know, we see there in verse one where he says, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and you know, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Um, You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Um, So here we see David, you know, really saying, you know, as, as he goes on, you know, there in verse seven, he says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? And so all the time, whether we are unregenerate or regenerated by the Holy Spirit, that we are living our lives in the presence of God, where, you know, God sees, you know, our actions, God knows our thoughts. And, you know, even to the point where he, you know, says, you know, you know, my words before it even leaves my lips. Um, And so uh, I think that the life of the Christian is thereby defined in the fact that, You know, we don't just acknowledge that God sees us, you know, because there are lots of people, again, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, there are many, many, many people who acknowledge that Jesus was a cool guy. There are many Mm -hmm. people who acknowledge that Jesus was a real person, that, you know, he might have been, you know, a very wise, you know, spiritual person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, without that thought and that, you know, true belief, that true faith in Christ being God in the flesh, you know, there will be no change that comes about in that person's life, and that they will continue in the eyes of God to sin and just have no problem with it. You know, that's why, you know, ultimately that the sinner doesn't repent. That's what separates the Christian from everybody else is, you know, that belief and that repentance, and that we see our sin as God sees our sin. And we say, I I should not continue to do this. I should not consider, I should not continue to live my life and continue to, you know, do this before a holy and righteous God. And I've got to pray that the Lord would change my heart, that the Lord would change my desires and give me new desires and a new way um, really to go about my life.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. Final thoughts, Gabe.
1: Okay. Um, might have to cut this part out. I'm gonna have to definitely grab my charger. My phone is about to die here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right, man. I think it's interesting. I mean, go. If, okay. you, want, if you need to, go yeah. ahead, man. Um, but and we'll. I'll kind of just. Vamp a little bit. Not no, I'm not going like to make <laughs> it up. But no, I thought it was interesting that uh, you mentioned um, changing our desires and um, basically not in that stereotype that occurs the board. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that I want to dive into. Um, and I, I it's funny because you might know Gabe, I would love your opinion on this especially as a gospel artist uh, as a rapper um, with you know secular rap being so influential to mm-hmm. the as a whole the genre mm-hmm. you know how do you differentiate that you know how do you go about you know because obviously you want um to write from a place of you know god using you to, mm-hmm. to deliver that that message which is no different than preaching the word of God and and, in discipleship Um, in general. uh, We're all called to an extent to to spread the word, the Great Commission, right? Spread the word of Jesus, spread the gospel to everyone. Um, And using that platform correctly, um, but knowing and, and doing that and changing those desires and, you know, definitely... I don't, I don't consider myself a boring person, right? And <laughs> I, 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 for one, enjoy going out and hanging out with other Christians and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like our small group time and like, you know, uh, my wife and I are in a young married group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're out with, you know, with other young married couples mm-hmm. and we're discussing the Bible and we're discussing topics and we're mm-hmm. discussing some challenges, you know, that we may face in marriage. And we're as mm-hmm. a community, right, of believers, helping each other through that. We're discussing that. We're fellowshipping together. Mm -hmm. We're building these bonds. We're building these friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, it's not, you know, going out drinking every Friday, Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday night or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's spending time with people that you love and care about Mm -hmm. and who are actually helping you better your relationship with Christ. And I think that's very, very important as Christians um, when it comes to Us not being boring, you know. You can be, you can, you can be boring, and mm-hmm. I think, and I think that's definitely a stereotype we need to dispel, because a lot of these, um, I think, there's a lot of those people who get saved, and it's like, well, now I can't do anything fun. Mm-hmm. What's your definition of fun? Like, if your right. definition of fun is blacking out on a Friday night, then yeah, absolutely, you can't do that anymore. Right. You know, like yes, yeah. that is clearly against what the Bible says, yeah. right? If if it's sleeping around, then yeah, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. you know, like you get you fall in love get married and you can sleep with your as much as you want. Right. Your husband or whatever you want. Right. Um, but you know, you can't just go out and do whatever you want, whenever you want, because we do have, you know, an authority to report to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, sin is the rejection of God's authority over our lives. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not our own, you yeah. know, um, Jesus paid it all at the cross. Um, you know, and I, I definitely want to live my life. Um, not in a workspace type of way, but what's that phrase? Like, uh, you know, um, I don't, I, I'm going to butcher it and I don't even want, I'm, I I feel terrible for even bringing it up, (laughs) but it's like, it's something along the lines of, um, you know, believe as if, uh, your salvation is not dependent on you, but work as if it is or something like that.
2: Mm, I know Um, what you're talking about. And,
0: again i don't want to say that you have to work i mean but the bible says you do have to work you face that work instead but, mm-hmm. you know, again i think that that isn't james and that's where that isn't james not john that's <laughs> that, that deep theology of like well <laughs> you know uh, but um you know you definitely have to be uh careful uh, of what you consider works mm-hmm. um and i think the bible is very clear about you know Knowing other Christians based on their fruits, mm-hmm. what are their fruits? Right, Is it, right. Like so, like you have to have some works. You have right. to work. Right? right. Again, we're all called in the Great Commission to spread the word mm-hmm. uh, of God, bring the good news to everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, in some sort of capacity, everyone's called to ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's called to to spread that. So you have works. You have to work, and you have to show that. Um, and, and circle back around and say that I find it very enjoyable being a part of ministry mm-hmm. um, and I find that it, it's very it fulfilling to me mm-hmm. to be able to be used and to be able to be a um, uh, you know a cog in this great machine that mm-hmm. in, this, in, the, in this story that God has weaved mm-hmm. um, you know a very small part of his kingdom and mm-hmm. I, I find fulfillment in that you know, and, and being with other Christians who enjoy that as well, I find enjoyment in that. Um And, you know, but yeah, I would definitely love to dive into that further of mm-hmm. like not being boring and, and things like that and talking about how as a Christian, like, because cause we have to think about like what the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what the world is offering us. Let me phrase it that way. because we don't really care about what the world has to offer. Right. Mm -hmm. But what the world is offering. Right. And I, and I said, gave before that, like you as a, as a gospel rapper, like the influences of, you know, secular rap on gospel rap, when it comes to like the whole mumble rap, you know, phase that happened and with like Migos and everyone like that. And right. Like that, 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 filter you know it seeped its way into gospel rap you know so there's that influence so like there has to be a line of mm-hmm. where do you find that enjoyment it's not to not be boring where you put in your time um and you know what movies are you watching mm-hmm. you know what kind of music are you listening to mm-hmm. what kind of activities are you doing yeah you know uh to that extent to where you know what is boring you know mm-hmm. you have to check yourself yeah. right there has to be um uh, some accountability there right but i would love to dive into that in the mm-hmm. in another episode uh so what are the five solas
2: do you really want to know <laughs> absolutely um, it's a great way to close out so obviously you know we have uh sola scriptura sola gratia sola fide sola christos uh and sola deo gloria i feel like i'm missing one but i don't think i am
0: Do I know how to count to five? I do. Numbers are hard. Okay.
2: (laughs) I think I'm right. Sola Scriptura, Sola Grazia, Sola Fide, Sola Christos, and Sola Deo Gloria.
0: Yeah. By
2: uh, But to put them in a better order, it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, as we read in the scriptures alone, to God alone be the glory. Absolutely.
0: And that, ladies and gentlemen, and what it means... be a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to wrap it up. Yeah. Look at that. All right, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Um I'm so thankful and I'm very appreciative of spending this time with you guys this last hour of just conversation and fellowshipping. Um,